Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind Closed Doors. In the last episode, I talked to you about what are benzodiazepines. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about suicide awareness. As you all know, we are heading into the holiday season, and the suicide rate is higher during the holidays. Now, why is that? Why is it that the suicide rate is higher during the holidays? And the reason for that is depression. And it's not a regular depression. Like everybody has times where they feel depressed. This is when people feel really down. They feel hopeless. They feel worthless. And the reason behind that could be they don't have any family to spend the holidays with. They don't have any friends to celebrate the holidays with. They live in poor housing. They can't afford a proper meal. They're dealing with financial issues. They're dealing with relationship issues. It is a hard time for some people to get through the holidays. So while everybody is happy and cheerful throughout the holidays and You're singing and humming Christmas tunes even in November. There are people literally out there with these thoughts in their head that they're not worth, they're not worth enough to live. And those thoughts get so deep in their head that they act upon it. And It is the worst thing in the world to have happen to a person is for those thoughts to take control of their mind where they feel they have no way out but to end it all, to unalive themselves. And they're so afraid to get help because of all the stigma behind mental health illnesses. They're so afraid that if they mention to somebody that they're having these thoughts, and these are people that have not acted upon it yet. I will discuss that later. These are people that just have the thoughts in their head. They haven't done anything, but they're so afraid that if they say something to anybody, that they may end up in a straitjacket, They may end up in a mental institution. They may be put on drugs, prescription drugs and whatnot. And that's another thing that scares them. And that's what another thing that pushes them further to want to unalive themselves. And the thing is, is the stigma out there about mental health illnesses, it needs to stop. Seriously, people need help and they're so afraid to get that help because of what people have to say about mental health illness that it's it's all in their head or they're faking it or oh your life can't be that bad you know what i've heard all these stupid responses that people give because somebody mentions that they have a mental health illness I've been told that to just breathe or 
I've been told, oh, you'll be fine. It's, it's like, are you kidding me? Are you living in my head? You're not. You cannot tell me how to control my mental health illness when you have no idea what a mental health illness is. And it's these people that don't suffer, don't struggle, don't have a single thing going wrong in their life that cause this stigma because they're so clueless to what's going on. And they just turn their back on what's going on. They don't want to see that. They walk by a homeless person. They don't even look at that homeless person. They just keep walking, not even noticing that homeless person. And then are they even going to notice that a week or two after they pass that same place they've seen that homeless man or homeless woman, that they're not there? Are they going to wonder, did they get into a shelter? Did they get somewhere warm? Did they move to a different location? Oh my God. Did they take their life? No, they're not going to think those things. Me? If I lived in an area where I saw a lot of homeless, homeless people sitting in alleyways, huddled in corners, whatever, if I noticed somebody not there, I would be concerned. And the reason I would be concerned is because that has happened to me. I worked in the city and I would walk to work and I used to pass this one homeless man. And if I had some food on me, left over for my lunch, or if I was heading to work and I could spare something, I would give it to him. Then one day, he, he was just wasn't there. He wasn't there. And all I could think is, I hope he got to a shelter. Because it was starting to be wintertime. It was getting colder. And this was a elderly man and I also thought in my head did he take his own life and to this day I'll never know what happened to that man because I don't know his name and he was very grateful for me giving him the little bit of food that I had and I did give him addresses to soup kitchens and everything that to help him. So that's why I'm hoping in my head that he did get to someplace warm. And that was probably about, I'd say maybe 18, 19 years ago. And if he did survive, I I don't think this man is with us anymore because he looked like he was in his 70s, maybe early 80s when I saw him. And the thing about the suicide rates around the holiday is people ignore them. They ignore that number. And the sad thing is, is there are people out there that care about the person that unalived themselves. But because the person was so depressed, they didn't see that that person 
cared for them. And when you unalive yourself, you're ending your own misery, but you're causing worse pain for the people that are left behind. And the reason why I speak so adamant about this is because I myself have tried to unalive myself. Luckily, I got help. Um, the first time I tried to unalive myself, I realized that it was stupid what I was doing. Um, I was just walking out into traffic, hoping a car would hit me. And I thought to myself that time that, you know what, I can't do this. My father was still alive at the time. I had just lost my mother, so I felt like my world just crumbled. And a lot of things, was going, things were going on, and I just didn't want to live anymore. But something clicked in my head and said that, you know, you know what, Abby? You have people out there that do love you, that do care for you, that want to see you live. And my brain was doing it's normal thing. And after my brain said that to me, my brain said, knock the shit off, Abby. This is not the way you want to go. You want to live a long and healthy, happy life. That, of course, was before I ended up with mental illness. That was long before I ended up with mental health illness. The second time I tried to take my life, I had... Another family issue, um, it involved court and, and all this other stuff. And I didn't think that I would be able to, to live. I, I couldn't do it. I felt like my heart was ripped out of my chest and I just couldn't handle it. I just wanted to end it all. And at this time, I have already been diagnosed with mental health problems, uh, especially uh, CPTSD. Uh, so it was, it was just frustrating. And I had, I felt like I had nothing to live for. I had nothing to live for. And I feel like I, ha I felt like I had lost my family and I had lost my friends and I just did not want to live anymore. And once my head became clear, that's when I said to myself, you know what, Abby, you need to go get help. You need to get help. So that's when I got myself to the hospital. And I did not mention to them that I was a suicidal. I did mention that I had suicidal thoughts, but I would not act upon them. And, and that's the thing. I would not be able to act upon any suicidal action. I, I, I can't do that. Um, I may talk, I may talk about it, but I, I could never do it. I could never do it. And that tells me I'm not to the point that I, I'm, I'm completely gone. So when I was in the hospital and they were pumping me full of bags of Ativan and fluids and whatnot to get me to calm down, I uh, ended up getting put on Xanax. And that's when 
some problems started with me being on medication because of Xanax being a benzodiazepine. And like I discussed in the last episode about benzodiazepines, you can kind of understand what happened to me. And I will be explaining more of that later on in a different episode here on my podcast, but not in this episode because I want to talk more about suicide awareness around the holidays. So I am very familiar on how you can become so depressed that you just don't want to live anymore. This year, um, maybe it was, it was a couple months ago, I finally got my very first tattoo. And I'm very proud of this tattoo because I've wanted this tattoo ever since my mind became clear after my last suicide attempt. I heard about the semicolon project and when I saw, when I read about it, and then I saw all the different tattoos that people were getting for suicide awareness or to show that they are a survivor, they are a warrior against suicide, I kept saying to myself, you know what, I want that tattoo. I want that tattoo. And me, I'm afraid of needles. I am terrified of needles. So I used to take a permanent marker and I would draw the, the semicolon on my hand. But finally, a couple months ago, my husband and I went to where he gets his tattoos done. And I got my semicolon put on my right hand. And the reason I showed my, I chose my right hand is because that's my dominant hand. That's the hand that people see the most. It's the hand I write with. So I wanted my tattoo to go on the hand that would be exposed the most to people. And I was so afraid of getting the tattoo because how much I hate needles. So I had my husband with me, so that helped me. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And people describe it as like taking a needle and just like scraping it across your skin. Well, it didn't feel like that. Will I get another tattoo? Mm, There is a plan for another tattoo, but I don't know how soon I'm going to get that tattoo. But if you don't know what the semicolon project is... Google it. Google it. And unfortunately, the woman that started the semicolon project, she started it because of her father commits suicide. Unfortunately, she did unalive herself. Um, I'm not 100% sure when she did it, but her depression got really bad. Mental health got really bad. And that was her way out, which is kind of sad considering how many people she helped with that semicolon project. Now, I've talked to you about the awareness and the stigma that's going around and why people feel so depressed during the holidays and whatnot. Now, I want to talk about things that you can do to help somebody that feels depressed around the holidays that have those thoughts in their heads. If... You notice that someone's not acting 
right. They're not acting the same way they used to. That They seem a little blue. They seem a little down. They seem a little distant. If you notice that they're isolating themselves or you haven't heard from them in, in like, in a while, sit down and talk to that person. Don't start off with, are you depressed? Are you suicidal? No, please do not. Do not start with that. Sit down and talk to them. Ask them how their day was. And if they get quiet, if they stay quiet, just keep asking a couple questions. If they still remain quiet, then just sit there and be a friend. And just reassure them that if there's anything bothering them, that they can talk to you. Never pressure somebody to talk. And the reason why you don't pressure anybody to talk is because of so much stigma that's been going around about mental health problems and everything that a lot of people don't want to talk. They don't want to talk. But soon they'll see that you, you want to help. You know something's up and you just want to help. Another thing you can do is try to involve this person into some, some outings or things that you do. Like if you're going out to, say, a farmer's market to pick out a Christmas wreath, take them with you. Have them help you pick one out. Or if you're going to get a real Christmas tree from a Christmas tree lot. Bring them with you. Have them help you pick out a Christmas tree. If you're going shopping, say you got some Christmas shopping you need to do. Give them a call and say, hey, you know what? I got some shopping to do, but I don't want to do it by myself. Do you want to join join me in some shopping? You know, just get the person involved in some things. Heck, go over to their home and bring some coloring books and crayons. Be like, hey, you know what? I've been ha having a really lousy day. How about you and I sit down and we color in these adult coloring books? And you know what? Showing these people that you care and that you're real about it, you're not faking that you care, could really help brighten a person's day. Now, if you come up if you come upon a person that you know has tried and attempted to take his or her life, this is when you really need to step in. And I know the person is going to probably hate you for it. And it's going to be hard for the person to even want to look at you for doing this. But soon this person's going to realize, you know what? He or she really cared for me. Because if she didn't, she wouldn't have got me here. And the thing that you need to do is call that crisis helpline. There is a suicide hotline number that I will put in the description 
well, that I did put in the description of this episode that you can use. It's a texting number. And you can text this number and call them and explain the situation. If you're fortunate enough to have a crisis center nearby you, uh, like I do, I have one that's just like right around the corner from me. I have actually been in that crisis center myself. Uh, You can easily give them a call and explain the situation. And what they'll do is they'll send somebody to do a mental health check. Um, Make sure you know when they're going to do the mental health check so you're present because a person really will spaz out if they see people at their front door in um, medical clothing. Because believe me, I would spaz out if I saw like white coats at my door. And that's the sad thing is when you got to call somebody to get this person help, to get this person admitted. But that's only if you know the person has attempted to unalive themselves. this is a very hard topic to talk about. It seriously is. It's not anything that we want to hear about. And that's, that's the reason right there that people avoid listening to the fact that not everybody's life is happy. That people are out there thinking that they're so worthless that they don't need to live anymore. And I've been down that road. I've been down that road. And when I look back at the times that I wanted to unalive myself, I just shake my head and I'm like, how could you do that? Why would you want to do that? There are people out there that care for you. Whether you want to believe it or not, there are people out there that care for you. I could not believe that I would even think of ending my life. I may have all these health problems. I may have a lot of mental health issues. But it's not a reason for me not to go on. I've been through a lot in my life. And it's not a reason for me to just choose to just end it all. So with that said, please... If you know anybody that does suffer with mental health illness and you do know that they have depression issues or just any kind of mental health problems, check on them on a daily basis. Okay, take take some time out of your life to check up on somebody. Is one phone call a day going to really interrupt your daily life? No, it's not. You pick up that phone. You call. You say, hey, good morning. How are you feeling today? And if it's snowing outside, be like, brr, it is cold outside. I hope you're staying in and you're warm. Is there anything that you need? Because I got to run out to the store and grab some things. And you know what? You say that even if you don't plan on going outside. Because if that person needs something, the best thing as a friend friend or a family member is to help the person. Show that they're loved. Show that 
there are people out there that care. Now, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode about suicide awareness around the holidays. And until next time.